Hi you guys and welcome back to another true crime and makeup time video. If you're new here, my name is Zara and I post a new true crime video every single week. So if you love makeup and you love true crime, definitely hit that subscribe button guys. It would mean so much to me. So today's case was requested by Renee and thank you Renee for this case suggestion. I, when I saw the name Grace Mullane, I didn't really think anything of it, but when I went and started researching it, I was like, I've read about this case before. And I feel like this case together with so many similar cases just make me so afraid for my children traveling alone overseas if they ever wanted to. Even if they wanted to travel in a group, I would probably be so paranoid. Maybe I just won't let them. Grace Mullane was a young girl who decided to go on a trip of a lifetime until she went on a Tinder date. Let's get into it. So Grace Mullane was a 21-year-old beautiful girl born on 2nd December 1996 to her parents Jillian and David and she was actually the youngest of three children with two older brothers. She had recently graduated in September of 2018 from the University of Lincoln with a bachelor's degree in advertising and marketing. She was outgoing, she was friendly, she was smart. And Grace always had dreams of traveling the world and just enjoying her life. I mean, once we graduate, you know, school, university, all those things, especially uni, I mean, what does that mean? We got to get the job, we got to get the car, we got to establish ourselves, we got to build a career, you know, like it just never ends. All that boring stuff and it takes a lot of hard work and we just have to start adulting, right? But Grace, she was like, let me just take a year off, let me take a gap year and let me just go <laughs> and enjoy my life. So she took this gap year and she planned on going to South America and New Zealand for an adventure of a lifetime. Before she left in September of 2018, she actually wrote on Twitter um, less than a month to go, like she was anticipating her countdown to leaving for her trip. And then she would also post like emojis and gifts regarding her trip. And then I think one of the gifts even said like, I'm going on an adventure. Now, has anyone watching gone on a solo trip, like actually gone and traveled alone? Comment below. Let me know. First of all, I could not do that 100%. Not me. I would literally end up in Egypt on top of a pyramid, like not knowing how to like get down and like rescue myself. I just would be so terrible at traveling solo. Like I wouldn't know what to do. So if you have, just comment below. I would love to know how the hell you did it. Anyway, so Grace, she left Heathrow Airport on October 26th, 2018, heading to Peru. And when she was there, she posted a ton of Snapchats. It seemed like she had a great time, you know, trying out the local foods, visiting deserts. I think she traveled also with a group of like backpackers, like a group of other people. And she even met like llamas. So she spent a few weeks there traveling around and then she left South America for New Zealand, ended up in New Zealand, landed there on November 20th, 2018. So like just like around a month. So she spent the first few days in New Zealand at the Upper North Island, just traveling around sightseeing. And New Zealand is so freaking beautiful. Like some of her pictures are unreal. So then after like 10 days there, she landed in Auckland on November 30th, 2018. 
Now, it was Grace's 22nd birthday coming up on December 2nd. And, I mean, she was spending her birthday in a foreign country by herself. And she probably just wanted to have fun, celebrate, just do something fun on her birthday. And in Auckland, Grace was staying actually at a hostel. So she was like, I'm by myself. What can I do? So she went on Tinder. Now, she did, you know, meet a guy and felt like she clicked with him. So she set off on a date with this guy on the night of December 1st, 2018. So the night before her 22nd birthday. Now the guy that she was going to meet, his name was Jesse Kempson. He was 26 years old and he was like big and burly and he was from New Zealand. Now I wanted to say that there was a ton of CCTV footage of their date. Like New Zealand CCTV is like insane. So hopefully I can insert it here and there, but basically everything they did was recorded everywhere. So Grace left the base backpackers hostel on December 1st. It was a Saturday night and she set out into the city just wearing like a simple short black dress. She was wearing white shoes and she's had a little handbag with her. And earlier that day, it had been quite rainy and the rain was like just settling now. And she was seen in like Victoria Street, the business district in Auckland, just like around that area, leaving her, her, her hostel, like going to meet Jessie. That was where she was first seen like traveling. And I mean, it was Saturday night, you know, it was time for her to have some fun with this guy that she met that, you know, hopefully was going to show her a good time. Like it's her birthday. Show me a good time. Grace had been in New Zealand for two weeks at this point. As Jesse prepared to meet Grace for their date, he decided to go to his local bar and Jesse lived at this place called City Life Hotel, which I guess was like apartment hotels and he lived there. And right beneath his hotel, like really close by, was a bar called Bluestone Room. So he pops in there before the date and CCTV footage also captures him doing that. And it also captures him drinking four bottles of beer prior to the date with Grace. And I mean, who drinks that much before going on a date where you're probably going to drink again? Is that just me? Like, why would you drink so much, you know? So anyway, Grace then ends up at the base of the Sky Tower um, where they actually agreed to meet for the first time. And she got there pretty early. So she stands around and she takes like a photo of this giant Christmas tree that she sent to her parents while she was there. And the spot where they agreed to meet is very well known in New Zealand. The Sky Tower is one of the most obvious, well-known, iconic buildings and that can be seen for like miles around. And most importantly, was highly public and a good place for, you know, someone to meet for the first time. So as Jesse arrives, Grace and him recognize each other immediately and they give each other a big hug. It's a bit awkward, but they give each other a big hug. And Grace didn't look concerned or wary of him at all. He looked just like the guy she was chatting with on Tinder. So their first stop on this date was a burger restaurant, but it was actually... It was like a burger restaurant slash bar. So it was located in the city or the sky tower. So then they just go there first. And the entire time they're at this burger restaurant, it's all caught on CCTV footage again. And you can just see them chatting and they're ordering cocktails. Then they move to a table and then they're just chatting with like the barman. So at some point the bill obviously arrives and you can see they're debating like 
not debating, but you can see they're like talking about payment. And then Jesse like goes and makes sure, makes sure that he's the one that pays the bill. So an hour and a half later, they leave the bar and they head to a new place, which is like walking distance. And it's called a Mexican cafe. And after another hour or so, they drink like a jug, I think two jugs of margaritas and one jug of sangria. Jesse, he then goes again and he arranges to pay the bill. And then they leave this cafe, the Mexican cafe, and they go to the Blue Stone Room, which was right beneath his hotel. And I mean, he was drinking there alone earlier. And I wonder if this was a calculated move or if it was just a place that he liked, because obviously Grace wouldn't know, you know, the best spots to be at. But I feel like it's like a little bit calculated. So like they're having drinks at this bar and then it's like, well, my hotel room's just upstairs. You know, if they wanted to get more intimate, like there's no excuse because the hotel room is like right there. So again, inside this bar, a CCTV camera catches them like their entire date. It catches the entire date and you can see them ordering drinks. And Jesse also seems to be completely relaxed. And Grace too seems very happy. She's talking like a lot and you can see she's like explaining something to him and she's like using her hands a lot. And she's like pretty keen, you know, then at 8 40 PM, Jesse, he puts his hand behind Grace's head as they're sitting at this like bar and he like pulls her in, you know, for a kiss. And over the next hour, they, you know, keep kissing, you know, more and more. And at one point, Jesse walks away and then Grace goes on her phone, just checking her phone. And in that same moment, she sends a text message to one of her friends back home. And she says, he's coming to London next year. I click with him so well. I'll let you know what happens tomorrow. And then you can also see like Jesse on his phone. He's checking his phone or he's sending something on his phone. So soon after at around 9.30 PM, the footage shows them leaving the Bluestone room and heading into City Life Hotel, which is where Jesse lived. So they enter the lift. Jesse like awkwardly looks for his key card. And at one point, I don't know if the footage is just jumbled, but it looks like he gets off the wrong floor or something like that, or he couldn't find his key card and was going to get help. But anyway, so he finds his room key and then they head on up to room 308. Now what Grace didn't know is that Jesse, he was basically full of shit, literally. Everything he would talk about or brag about, I should say, was a lie. He had cancer. His parents died. He was adopted by millionaires. He was a CIA agent, like all of these things are things that he would tell people. So Jesse was born in 1992 in Wellington, New Zealand, and his parents separated when he was young. And then his mother basically left the country when he was really young and kind of like abandoned him. He worked as a bartender, a laborer. And then due to all the lies he would spew, he was also basically just shunned from his family. He actually lost his job the day that he went on this date with Grace for being a liar. He then writes this long apology post on Facebook to all his friends and family, basically for lying. Like he was just saying, oh, I've done some really stupid things, but you know, that's life. We all make mistakes. He wanted everyone to forgive him and he apologized to anyone that he may have hurt. And he basically just wanted to become a better person. If only that was true. Jesse also had a super busy few weeks and months on Tinder. He had shared a number of conversations with a number of women on the app with um, him telling one woman that he loves domination and feet and strangulation. And then he boasted to another Tinder date that he was the cousin 
of an All Blacks star. And I think that's a rugby team. The same woman stated that when she was in an Uber, like on her way to meet him for the date, he would constantly text her and call her and be like, are you coming? Are you coming? Are you going to come to this date? And she was like, he rang her like 15 times being like, so what's happening? Are you coming? Like, are you going to come? And she also said he appeared to be super possessive, but she was already halfway there, like on the date. So she was like, I'm just going to continue with it. And she says that when she arrived, he instantly like popped out with a vodka and red bull with which she found to be a bit strange and upon meeting him she felt like he was a bit of a show pony a bit cocky and arrogant but she just put it down to him being nervous he then asked her if they you know could swing by his hotel room or apartment because he wanted to change his clothes because he was wearing his work clothes and she says he talked about himself a lot and about how he had so much money like he basically was just like yeah, a show pony, like there's no better way to put it. But she said at the same time, he seemed intelligent. So she didn't seem to sort of mind all of that, which I'm like, how do you not mind? Like if if a guy is like being so arrogant, I would just be like. So she says the situation changed when they actually got into her, into his hotel room or his apartment and his eyes suddenly like glazed over and he tells her, I need to leave. I need to go for a walk. I need to get out of this situation. And she thought, you know, maybe he got a text or something bad happened to his family. Like he was a bit stressed, but then he began yelling at her and she was actually afraid to leave because she thought, oh my God, I'm going to provoke him even more. So eventually Jesse, he storms out of the room. So then that's when she takes her opportunity. She grabs her things and she just like runs out of the room. And then like a few minutes later, he texts her and he's like, hey, babe, why'd you leave? Then days before he met Grace for their Tinder date, he actually met up with a waitress uh, for a Tinder date. And I get it, like Tinder, you know, you can basically just meet up and just have sex. So that's literally what they did. And she says it was a night of rough sex during which he puts his hand around her throat and then she ends up having to fight for her life during that moment. So she said that he climbed on top of her, he held down her arms. He then covered like her face with his body, which trying to imagine how he did that, but that's what he did. And that's when she began like violently kicking and pushing him to show like, I can't breathe. But she said that he should have known, like she would have felt, he would have felt her like fighting beneath his arms, like duh. And she says the whole thing lasted like 30 seconds or so before she was able to like turn her head and catch a breath. And then when she, I don't know if they like continued having sex or what happened, but I guess when she confronted him, he tells her, oh, you know, I had cancer. And it's like, what? He tells her that to like get sympathy for his behavior. Then another roommate who used to live with Jesse said that they always found that he was super creepy and that one of the roommates that lived with him actually slept with her knife underneath her like bed because she was so afraid of him. This roommate said that um, she lived with Jesse for two years and she can completely understand how Grace fell for him or you know, agreed to go on a date with him because he was so charming and he was good at it. She recalled that all the roommates started to get a really bad feeling about Jesse as more time went on. And that one night, most of the roommates were out of the house and there was just one girl in the um, house and Jesse comes back and he's pretty drunk, but the way he behaved, like they don't really elaborate on it. So it's a bit, it's a bit hard, but basically the way he behaved made that girl so afraid that that's when she decided to start sleeping with a knife next to her. And she says that all of them eventually just stopped wanting to be around him. And they just knew that you shouldn't be alone in any place with Jesse. Imagine 
moving out, getting a roommate. And then you're like, this roommate is a freaking creep. Like that, I feel like that would be so hard because that's where you live. Like, oh. So on Sunday, December 2nd, it's now Grace's birthday. It's her 22nd birthday. So everyone, Grace's friends, family, they all flood her and, you know, with phone calls and texts and messages and emails and they're like, happy birthday, Grace. And since Grace was spending, you know, her birthday alone in a foreign country, they were probably eager to speak with her and be like, how's it going? Like, what are you doing? And just super excited to speak with speak with her it's her birthday but grace doesn't respond to anything so after a while grace's parents become a bit concerned because grace hasn't responded to anything anything regarding her birthday and they were kind of just like well that's weird that's not like grace and she had previously been posting a ton on snapchat and then sending her family updates too i mean the night before she just sent them the image of that christmas tree you know like how festive it was and she would kind of keep in touch often. I mean, you you would expect her to. She's alone, at least daily, you know. So her parents, and I guess they thought, you know, let me just let her have her moment. Maybe she's just having a lot of fun. So they kind of just let her be for a couple days. But then on December 5th, they hadn't heard from her still. That's like second, third, fourth, you know, three days. They're like, no, something's wrong. That's when they went to the Auckland police and then reported her missing. And the police begin to investigate immediately. Grace's dad flew out to Auckland immediately to look for her. I can't imagine how her family would have felt. Just one day your daughter is sending you pictures telling you she's having an amazing time. And the next day her birthday. And I'm telling you like as a parent your kid's birthday is so important to you at least for me so the fact that this even happened on these kinds of days is like so police then track grace's footage sorry police then track grace's movements through cctv footage around the area which led them to grace's date with Jesse the night before and remember i said when grace was sending the text message to her friend um, saying she was having a great time. Remember I said Jesse was on his phone. So what he was actually doing at the time was sending a message to, well, posting or like a, leaving a comment on Grace's Facebook page. And that's what led police directly to him. So they obviously checked all her social media and they saw this like new guy. So that's how they found Jesse. So at this point, they want to talk to Jesse. So Jesse was then brought in for questioning. On December 6th, they actually, the police went to Jesse's hosp hospital hotel to, um, clearly I have baby on the brain, but they go to Jesse's hotel to question him. And at the time, Jesse was actually returning back to his hotel from like being out and the police were already in the lobby. So Jesse, like the CCTV footage is so funny. So Jesse's like walking up and as he's about to enter the lobby, he like looks in and he sees the police and he's like, whoop. And he like tries to like turn around and like just go away unnoticed. And I think he like makes it pretty far away, but the police obviously see him and they chase him down. So that's obviously a bad sign. Why are you turning away from the police? Like, how did you know they were there for you? So he was interviewed by police twice. And initially he told them he parted ways with um, Grace at around 9.30 p.m. that night of their date. But what doesn't make sense is that 
as I said, New Zealand has like amazing CCTV footage everywhere. And wouldn't you know that your home has like security footage? So that was a lie. And he actually tells them that he parted ways with her like 9.30, 10 p.m., but he was going to see her the next day. Okay. So at one point in the interview, and I think this like specific scene or clip is kind of like famous, but he is in the interview room and he's dressed in like a three-piece suit. And he is alone when he's left alone in the interview room. He knocks on the door of the interview room, like to speak to a police officer. And as the police officer comes to him, he goes, am I being arrested for something I didn't do? Like what a weird thing to ask someone. That's just weird. And then he even lied about where he was currently living. Like he was walking into the City Life Hotel place where he was caught for questioning. But then when the police asked him where he lived, he said he lived in like an old place, like a place he actually lived in back in 2017. So we all know that this isn't a good sign. So then during his second interview, he admits that, yes, they went on a date and then they went back to his room for sex. And he says he fell asleep or they fell asleep. And then the next day he wakes up and he sees Grace's body on the floor. So Jesse says he panicked. He then puts her body into a suitcase and then he goes and he buries her. And I hope I'm saying this correctly next to a spot in the Waitakere Ranges. He claimed it was rough sex gone wrong. So he claims that Grace, you know, when they went back to their room, began talking about the fantasy film Fifty Shades of Grey. And she also claimed about, or she also talked about some sexual acts that a previous partner had done on her. And then she asks Jesse if they can get into some bondage role-playing. He said he was uncomfortable at first, but he really liked her. So he wanted to, you know, do whatever she wanted. And then she asked him to put his hands around her throat. And then they took some intimate photos of each other on their phones. And then when asked, you know, why did he do that? He's like, that's just what all young people do. So now obviously he had changed his story. So then the police asked him, well, why did you change your story? And he said, it's because of her family, because I want her family to know that it wasn't intentional and I want her family to have closure. But when he was asked, you know, did you murder her? He was like, no, no, I didn't. So, I mean, as you can all guess, Grace just went on the wrong date with the wrong man. And although we don't know exactly what went on in that hotel room that night, and I guess we never will know, but it is speculated that they went on a date, they go back to his room and yeah, she was probably planning to be intimate. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's when he murdered her. What is known though, is that when this happened, he didn't call anyone. He didn't ask anyone for help. He didn't, you know, try to get Grace any help. Instead, at 1.30 a.m. on her birthday, as Grace lay dead in his room, Jesse carries out a multiple um, number of searches on the internet, which indicate not only how unconcerned he was about her death, but how he was actively plotting to conceal her death. Using his phone, he Googled the hottest fire, Waitakere Ranges, the same location where he claimed that Grace was buried. Then he searched rigor mortis, extra large garbage bags, um, carpet cleaners. And later that afternoon, he Googled 
um, flesh-eating birds and are there any vultures in New Zealand? Oh, and then because, you know, it's a tough situation he's in, he went on Pornhub to browse some friendly videos to watch. And I mean, you know, it had been a rough night for him. He needed to wind down to relax, you know? He also took seven intimate photos of Grace after she died, including close-ups and manipulating her body into positions to get the shots that he wanted. The next morning with Grace still lying dead in his room, he actually texts another woman on Tinder to arrange a date for later that day. Shortly after this, he basically makes like a little movie on Auckland's CCTV cameras around town about how to conceal a murder and not get away with it. So the next morning at 8 a.m., he goes to a hardware store close by. He purchases a suitcase, like a large one, and then he just walks it back to his room. At 8.32 a.m., just half an hour later, he leaves his room again. He goes to a supermarket and he buys gloves, bleach, and other cleaning supplies. At 10.30 a.m., he again leaves his room, gets into an Uber this time, and in the Uber you can see he's visibly distressed. He takes this Uber to a rental car company where he rents a red Toyota Corolla and then he drives it back home. And after this at around 5 p.m., he leaves his room once again, but this time he's going on that Tinder date, guys. You know, let me just go on one more date before I bury my previous date. And during this date, he actually tells the girl and he says, oh, you know, all my friends are police officers and they've been telling me that there's been a problem with people burying bodies in the Waitakere Ranges. He said police dogs could not pick up the scent of a body if it was buried like more than four feet down. He also spoke of this strange story that he knew of a man who had accidentally killed his state after a night of rough sex, you know, by strangling her. And he said, it's crazy, you know, how guys can make one wrong move and then go to jail for their entire lives for something they didn't even mean to do. So obviously this date didn't go well because she clearly found him to be a creep and she refused any further dates with him. Then at 7.30 p.m., he brings this rented carpet cleaner machine into his room. Then 30 minutes later, he goes back down to return the machine. I mean, 30 minutes, that's not enough time to properly clean carpet, isn't it? Like, unless it's like a really tiny area, I guess you go over and over it again. But I mean, especially if he's cleaning what we think he's cleaning, that's not a lot of time to do a thorough job. Then at 9.30 p.m., he wheels out on like, like a, baggage trolley thing, two large suitcases. He then puts these two suitcases into his rental vehicle and he drives around for a while. And as he's driving, he stops um, at a, another hardware store on the way where he buys a shovel. And we know at this point that it was Grace's body in that suitcase. He then disposed of her body in the Waitakere Ranges, goes to the dry cleaners and then goes and cleans the rental car, like washes it, returns it to the rental car company. And then on 5th of December, he goes to like a local park where again, CCTV footage ca captures him um, disposing of Grace's things, I guess, like personal belongings in like a park bin. Jesse's home was then searched using luminol. They found a bunch of bloodstains all over the carpet. So following CCTV footage and pings from Jesse's own phone, they were able to locate um, Grace's body off the side of the road in the Waitakere Ranges. And now something I never thought about, and even Jay was telling me this, like, why do people like murderers always dispose of bodies like so close to main roads? Is it because they're so 
lazy, like, or it's so difficult, I guess, to transport the body. Because how many times have you heard of bodies being disposed of on the side of the road of like a main road? Like, why not deeper into, okay, I'm just like, I'm not for the murderers. I'm just trying to think like, why do they do that? And that was something Jay mentioned to me. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know why they always do that. So Grace had been there for six days at this point. Her body had been folded and zipped inside that suitcase. Forensic evidence determined that pressure to the neck is what caused Grace's death. And there were a number of bruises on Grace's body, you know, on her upper shoulders, her calves, her thighs, her neck that was proven to be or likely to have occurred around the time of her death. There was also an area of significant bruising on the left side of her neck, which was only found through internal examination. And they state that it would have taken four to five minutes to kill someone this way, but putting pressure on that part of the neck would have only taken maybe 10 seconds for someone to pass out. So, I mean, from what I can imagine, I'm guessing during that time, he must have put her forearms on her because, I mean, he could have used his hands, but... Can't you just imagine like the forearm being used in that way? Because if it was just on the left side of the neck, like your hands would have put it like at least a thumbprint would have been on the right side of the neck. So I feel like it was most likely a forearm. So it was, that wasn't anything sexual. Using a forearm, I think is not technically bondage. I don't know. So on 8th, December, 2018, Jesse was charged with rape, sexual violation, threatening to kill and assault. I don't know why there's not a murder charge in there. Now, this really took the New Zealand nation by storm. By storm. The police were affected, the locals were affected, and even the prime minister was affected. She actually issued an apology to Grace's family, stating that your daughter should have been safe in our country, and I'm so sorry that she wasn't. On January 16th, 2019, Jesse pleaded not guilty to the charge of murder. During the trial, which took place nearly a year later on 4th November 2019, the defense tried to paint grace or the situation out to be just an act of sex gone wrong they actually dug into grace's history which i find to be so sick but i mean it's their job so you can't really you know condemn that but they basically pulled up conversation or they spoke to her ex-boyfriend who claimed that Grace actually enjoyed being choked during sex. They went through Grace's laptop and they found over 400 messages relating to BDSM. And when they spoke to her ex-partners and stuff, you know, they said Grace enjoyed this and she even had a safe word. And if things were getting too rough, she would either use the safe word or even tap out, which is pretty much bullshit because I feel like this actually makes Jesse look worse because why didn't Jesse stop? If this was the case, Grace would have been quite experienced in bondage and, you know, um, rougher sex, essentially. So if she was clearly distressed, if she was tapping out, why not stop? It seems like if she had a safe word with her boyfriends and stuff, I'm pretty sure she would have told Jesse, this is my safe word, you need to stop, because it seemed like she knew what she was doing. Jesse was so uncomfortable with this act, yet comfortable enough to cause death, you wrote messages to other Tinder dates saying that you liked strangulation and feet and you know, all that kind of stuff. So domination, you said you liked that. So you were uncomfortable with it now. The courtroom was super hush as the verdict was delivered. You know, it was a full gallery and extra security in this trial. The jury's verdict was the rejection of his ultimate lie, the one lie he was hoping to get away with. Jesse was unwilling to accept what he had done and he showed no remorse. Um, at one point he even yells at the judge, like, 
and he kind of had balls to do this. He like takes off his glasses and he yells at the judge. You have no reason to convict me. You're full of shit, mate. Mate, you're the one that confessed to it. We found her body blood in your room. What do you mean we have no reason to convict you? For many months, his um, identity was actually concealed in the New Zealand press until he actually lost his appeal um, for Grace's murder. On 21st February 2020, Jesse was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum non-parole period of just 17 years. And this was to run concurrently um, with another sentence for 11 years for other crimes. In 2020, it was revealed for the first time that Jesse had actually another British um, tourist eight months before Grace's death. And he also had been convicted of committing serious offenses against a former partner. Grace's father actually made a statement and I'll read it to you. He said, Grace was taken away from us in the most brutal fashion a year ago and our lives have been ripped apart. She did not deserve to be murdered in such a barbaric way during her gap year. Grace was our sunshine and she will be missed forever. Grace was starting her life, essentially, in what was supposed to be this trip of a lifetime. A date with a guy on Tinder was supposed to end this trip on a happy note. She was nearly like at the end of her adventure. She was almost about to go home. Instead, this creep, a man with a clear complex and dominance issues, took that away from her and took her away from those that loved her. A psychologist also found that if Jesse was to get out on parole, he would most likely kill again. I mean, let's not get him out on parole. It's just such a horrible case. And you know, when you die on holiday, I can't even, I can't even imagine what you're thinking in that moment, what Grace would have been thinking when that was happening to her. Like, this is supposed to be my vacation. You know what I mean? Like, you, you can't help but think that way. Like, I can't believe this is happening to me. I mean, anytime someone's trying to hurt you, I'm sure you're thinking that, but oh, I just feel so sorry for Grace. So sorry for her family. She was so young. Imagine her brothers, everyone has to just move on without her. And they didn't even get to spend the last few weeks of her life with her. And I, and I don't know how you live with that. So let me know your thoughts on this case down below, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's video and thank you so much for watching and I will see you in the next one, guys. Besitos. Bye.